Thank you for listening to the Fearless LA podcast. We believe that where love is greater, fear is less. Tune in today to hear a life-changing message from our lead pastor, Jeremy Johnson. Well, um, we've started this series on identity, on purpose, on destiny. And really, I feel like we had to do this series in the timing that is now uh, because God gave us three words. He gave us multiplication, empowerment, and a paradigm shift. He gave us those three words. And, uh, you know, they're three positive words, but three words that are moving us forward. And uh, three words for the dreamers. Multiplication, empowerment, and a paradigm shift. And that is what God gave to us uh, for this house. He gave us these three words. I was at a conference, and God spoke these three words into my spirit. And I began to preach about them, began to talk about them. We had a, a series of events that led to us giving a generous offering, all of us in this room, to our God. And many people really stepped up and just said, God, I'm going to give big. I'm going I'm to see you do something incredible uh, in my life. And we didn't give it to a cause. We didn't give it to, hey, let's, let's build this or let's fund this. Or, you know, because I think that sometimes when we do that, we, we want something we can control. But we said, God, beyond our control, we're just going to give to you. We're just going to be generous. We're going to look like you. We're just going to, and we did that. And the very next week, Easter, we announced what our great God did and, and, and met us in power. And we got a building, if you don't know. And so we've been here for uh, four years in this building. We've been traveling. Before that, the first year, we traveled as a church, like a band of um, you know, circus folk. We traveled around LA. We set up in different venues. And the only way you could find our church was Instagram. That's why we have uh, any kind of Instagram following, because if you didn't follow the Instagram, you wouldn't know where church was back then. And so we built this church through that. And the, the, in the, in the, in, after the first year, we ended up here in the exchange. And here we are going into our sixth year, September. And I'm believing that we'll be fully in our new building in September. Come on, Jesus. It has parking. Let me say that again. It has park. It has. Let me say this. It has Orange County like parking. That's what I'm gonna say. If you've ever been to Orange County, and you pulled into a parking spot, and you're like, dude, what is this place? Is this heaven? And you just you just went there. And there was no fee. There was no little man collecting money. I'm telling you, it has Orange County like parking. Come on, somebody in downtown LA. That's unheard of. And uh, we're right there by the Staples Center. So we're also going to make it an event center um, where we can rent it out to the public. We're, we're going to go. We're going to go crazy. We're flipping the script. And we're going to we're going to be we're going to make it a destination where people come regularly. And then they find out there's a church there. And they're just like the Exchange L.A. And we're, we're believing that we will create so much revenue from that building that uh, one day we'll be able to say, when you give to this church, your giving does not cover the lights the salaries, the bills, your giving goes to the widow, the poor, and the hungry. And we covered all that because we're smart <laughs> and we got a good God. Hey, Amen. Would you believe that with me? Come on. Come on. Love our Jesus. Well, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Where are we at? Uh, Jeremiah 29 11. What a good verse. Come on. That's the kind of verse you get tattooed on your arm. Jeremiah 29 11. And we're going to tattoo it on our heart. Read this with me. Ready? One, two, three. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. 
Come on, let's read it one more time. Somebody read it with some passion. Ready? One, two, three. For I declares who? Wow. And immediately after this, he says, when you call on me, I will answer you. Uh, for I know the plans I have for you. I wonder if he had to send Jesus because what he knew was so great that he couldn't live without seeing them come to pass. I know. I know the plans. Number one, we just need to take a deep breath in and realize that God has a plan. <laughs> when it feels like life is chaotic, when it feels like, because if it's not chaotic right now, get ready, because uh, it's coming. And if you're on the end of it, you're going to be enjoying it, but then it's coming again. Just know that in the middle of the chaos, in the middle of the confusion, God has a plan. God has a plan, and his plan is for you. God doesn't just have a plan to keep the sun going. God has a plan for you. And his plan for you declared, the Lord put that in there just in case you thought, uh, you know, your mom's plans for you were going to supersede what, what he had. Your dad's plans, your boss's plans, your people's plans. Have you ever been subject to people's plans? You're trying to figure out their motives, trying to, trying to weigh out if they really are who they say they are. God says, no, let me declare this over you. I got a plan for you. And, and, and my plan for you is to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Now, wherever you're at, this verse is for you. If you're 42, if you're 15, no matter what you've lived out, God says, no, I'm not worried about your past. God's not declaring over your past. He's declaring over your what? Your future. So, so, so many of us, at some point in our life, we stop living because we stop believing that there's any hope for the... This is why we can say the best is yet to come. Because God always focuses on the future. He says, I got plans not just because of your past or for your past. I got plans for your... We always focus on our past, but God's always focusing on our future. Touch someone next to you and say, don't stop dreaming. You're royalty. You're royalty. Now, there are five questions that every person is asking. Five questions that, that rule our world. Five, five questions uh, that create every industry. Five questions that cause people to step out and believe. And five questions that cause people to go in a hole and hide. There are five questions that, that caused every war and five questions that signed every peace treaty. There are five questions that caused you to be here today and five questions you will still leave with on your way out. And so today, if we could, if we could lay them out, they are the five questions that I really feel like are, are the foundation of life. And, and, and I'm going to bore you with five real quick for those people that want a sermon and for those people that want a teaching, we'll go with the five. Okay, here we go. Number one. The first question that all of us are asking ourselves is, who am I? Like, who am I? I, I know who you think I am. I who, know who I think I am. But, but who am I really? Uh, it's a difficult question to answer because 
it's almost like as soon as we think we figured out who we are, you ever had that moment where you, you finally figured out the kind of clothing you like? And then all of a sudden you didn't have any money, you couldn't buy clothes for a while, and then you and then you now you have money and you gotta go to the store and now you gotta refigure out and, and then you're trying to define who you are by what you wear. You ever, you ever had one of those moments where you had this favorite hobby and, and then as you grew, as you got older, the hobby changed and all of a sudden you're trying, because what happens in life is we try to figure out who we are by what we do, what we wear and all that's going to change. But who am I? Who am I real? I know the person that people think I am. Who am I? Who, you ever look in the mirror and just wonder, who is this person? Yeah. Number two question that everybody asks is, where am I from? Not, 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 not where you live, not, not, your, not your ethnicity. What is your source? Did you, did you really get here by two amoebas forming in the, in the sea and then... One of them got up on a rock and then it turned into a salamander that turned into a lizard that turned into a butterfly that somehow became an ape. And is that how you, what is your source? What is the source of me being here? Was it some cosmic collision? Who, what is my source? What, what factory did I come out of? What, what produced me? How am I? Because every creation demands a creator. You were go to in the middle of the jungle and you found a pen and you're like, wow, this pen evolved here. It was a rock, then it became a toad, then it became a monkey, then it became a pen. No, no, you would, you would say, who created this? Where did I come from? What is my source? Why am I here is the third question. Who am I? Where am I from? And why am I here? The average human being wakes up every day and goes to a job they hate, working for people they dislike, while dying from frustration, not knowing why they really exist. I would hate to get to the end of my life and not know why I was here. Because if I know who I am and my source, then I can start discovering why my source thought I would be good for this moment. Three things. Four things. What can I do? What can I really do? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love like the Avengers and different movies like that where, where they're just discovering their powers. They don't really know their full. Do you see the Hulk this time? He finally learned how to be Steve Banner and the Hulk at the same. Now he's like, he's got this powerful. I don't know. I'm taking some people too far. But I love it when they're discovering their thing, their gift. What? What, what can I really, I wonder, I wonder what I can really do. I know what they've told me I can do. I know what I've assessed that I can do. Because I, looking back, I realized that all of the stuff that I do now was always in me. I just didn't know it. So therefore, I didn't walk in it. When I was 19, I could preach the gospel, but I was too full of fear and insecurity to ever ask the question, what can I do? What can this thing you've created really do? This is the sad thing about not working out this temple. Because you will never truly discover the true power inside of you. As you begin to f f form who you are, 
form, how, what you fuel your, you can find out that, that, that you may be the slowest person around, but if you trained yourself right, if you prepared yourself right, you could beat a hundred other people that you didn't have no clue you could beat. What can I do that others can't do? What, what did you make unique about me? If God designed only one you, you see, see, this is when people miss this question, what can I do? They think of it like, what can I do in comparison to what others can do? What did God make you to do that no one can do? When you catch that, you've erased competition. Because you are in a solo race. You keep looking for someone to be there. And you look through your Instagram. You look through your follow, and, and you're getting nervous. And then it puts you in this place of you stop asking what can I do. And you start trying to become what they can do. And you will always fall short because you're not supposed to do what they do. You're supposed to do what you're supposed to do. And God called you for such a time as this, for such a place as this. What can I do? You know that most humans will die with never achieving more than 10% of their true ability. That means 90% of everything that I could have done, that I was given, I never discovered. So that tells me one thing, that the greatest tragedy in life is not death, but it's to die while you live and never discover what you can do. I want to discover if I'm going to be here, I might as well discover what God put in this thing. What can I do? The last question is, where am I going? Where am I going? What's the vision for my life? What, if, 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 if you don't know where you're going, you'll get there every time. If you don't know where you're going, you'll get there every time. I'm just here again. Well, it's because you have no vision. You got to get a vision. I'm not talking about where you're going heaven. I'm talking about where you're going on this earth. Where are you going in 10 years? What, what does your life look like in 20 years? What does your life look like at 72? 85? When your grandkids sit on your lap and they start looking into grandpa's or grandma's eyes, who are you then? And if you don't start planning then, you will never live it out now. Vision will give you purpose. Vision will cut out the extras. Vision will give you samurai precision, not a hacking precision. Vision will cause you to go, yep, nope, yep, nope. This is for me. This isn't for me. She's for me. She ain't for me. He's for me. Okay, good. Who will you be when you're 75, 85? Every human, no matter who we are, the reason why we ask these five questions is every human has this innate desire to be successful. There is no one who was ever born that woke up and just said, can't wait. I'm really going to plan this out. Getting out my book. It's the beginning of the year. Putting down my goals. And all my goals are going to lead to failure. There's never a human that woke up with, with passion in their lungs that said, I just can't wait to fail. I just can't wait to screw it up again. If anything, every single one of us, no matter if we admit it or not, strives and works 
and it's pa- every single one of us wants to believe I'm royalty. Every single one of us wants to believe those words. But most of us have seen what we call the opposite. But today, we're going to wake up and we're going we're gonna to put success on. And let me tell you this about success. Success is predictable. You can predict success. Success is not luck. Success is not an experiment. Success is designed by God. It's predictable as tomorrow the sun will rise. And tomorrow the sun will set. Success is predictable. And if success is predictable by the same token, so is failure. You can plan, though, for success. You can plan today, I'm going to be a success. Life itself, in fact, is designed for success. But if life is designed for success, there will always also be a design for failure. There is no greater swimmer in the sea than the fish. There is no greater flyer in the air than the bird. And there is no greater producer of harvest than the seed. Success was designed inside of the creation before it was ever. Success for the fish is not something it has to work at. Success for the fish is not something it has to get better at. Success is not on the outside of the fish. It's on the inside of the fish. It is a process to becoming the fullness of what was always there. But as the process is lived, it gets easier and easier. Success is not a mystery. It can be planned. So I encourage you today. Grab today by the horns and ride this life for all you got and say, God, I'm going to be a success from this day forward because you put success in me. Everything that God designed was designed to be successful. He didn't make the suns for it to fail. He made it for it to burn. He didn't create you to fail. He didn't make you for failure. He made you for success. When God dreamed you up, when God planned, he doesn't say, I plan to give you a tough time. I plan that you would have it really difficult. I plan that, that you would be rejected. He says, I plan for good, not evil. I plan to give you a hope and a future. Come on. God's not a dreary God. He's not a mad God. He's not an angry God. He's a good God. Life and success go together. If there's life, there's success that is locked inside of you. You have the divine potential for everything God imagines for you. Everything God envisions for you. You have it locked inside of you. This is what they say to pastors. They say the promise is in the house. Many churches back in the day, they started looking to hire new youth pastors, new leaders, and they go look outside of the house. They have these websites. You know, I want to be a youth pastor, and here's my resume. And we started realizing that when we did that, we lost the power because everything you need is inside your house. David didn't go look for a giant killer. He just picked up some stones that he already had inside his house. Everything you need for success is inside of your house. 
Every hero of faith, they looked inside their house. Moses looked inside his house. Daniel looked inside his house. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't look for new clothing. They had everything to withstand the fire that was inside their house. Everything you need for success, you already have. You don't need to complain. You need to get creative. Come on, you either become a complainer in this life or you become a creative. It's just looking at the same picture on two different parts of the coin. It's a paradigm shift. If you want to be complainer, go ahead. There's a lot of those. But the creatives are going to change the world. They never made a monument to a complainer. They only made them to the creatives. I'm believing for a group of creatives to rise. you got to get creative with yourself. You got to stop looking at yourself and complaining like others complained about you. You got to start looking in the mirror and saying, God, get creative with me. Wow, why did you make me the way you made me? I can't wait for you to, for me to discover. David said this way, my works are wonderful. I know them full. Your works are wonderful. I know them full well. You designed me unique and wonderful. You know what that word unique is? That's David going, man, I'm a little weird. You made me unique. That's not a, that's a, man, you are so unique. David's giving him a, a right-sided compliment. You know what I'm saying? You made me unique. Come on, do we have any unique people in this room? We got to get creative eyes. You got to start getting creative eyes on what God made. God didn't design you to fail. He didn't design you without purpose. He gave you purpose and destiny. And just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. God designed you with success. God designed in his creation success. It's in there. If the plant who is here today and gone tomorrow has success built into the seed, how much more did God build success into your life? You know what God's, the, the, they say about you? It's Hebrews 1.10 says this, to which of the angels did God ever say, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Are not all the angels? I mean, angels are bad. Every time seen someone seen an angel, leave that verse out. Every time someone seen an angel in the Bible, they fell down and they said, I want to die. Like, just kill me. They were scared, <laughs> wet their pants. Like, it, you know, but God says this. Are not all the angels ministering spirits serving those who will inherit salvation? Do you know that's you? That that the angels that people are like, oh my God, we're going to die. They were only designed to serve the purpose of God on your life. Do you know who you are? Do you even understand? You are royalty. There's power inside of you. There's life inside of you. There's destiny inside of you. Did you know that God is more committed to your success than you are? It freed me up when I was given that revelation. That God actually cares about me succeeding. And I, I want to succeed. I mean, I, I'm going to succeed. I'm, look, I am a... I, in a sense, I'm competitive with myself. I'm, I'm, look, I have to be careful. I will hurt myself. I will break something at CrossFit. I, you know, I am a driver. I, I, am, I wasn't always like this, but something was awakened inside of me 
And to realize that God actually cares about me succeeding more than I do messes me up. It gives me courage. Because for much of my life, I saw success as ambition. I'm not talking about ambition. I'm talking about success. That your life echoes in eternity. That your life makes a difference. That your life changes the game. God has called you to be success. Okay. Success is not found in an Instagram post. Success is not found in who claps for you. Success is not found in a trophy given by man. Success is found in obedience. If not, Jesus was pretty unsuccessful. No trophies were given on the cross. In fact, in They gave him a different kind of trophy, not a crown. They gave him a crown of thorns. They mocked him. Was he successful in that moment? He wasn't ambitious. He was successful. Success is obedience to God. Is obedience to why am I here? What is my purpose? Why did you make me? Why am I in this world? That is the call of God on your life. But God is more committed to your success than you are. And when you discover this, you will become bold as lions. You will become courageous. You will hold God to the word he already spoke over you. You would begin to put pressure on God. That's called faith. You will begin to put pressure. Look, no seed is birthed unless it hits pressure. Faith is looked at like a seed. You cannot have a harvest of faith unless you put pressure on the seed of faith. God said, all you need is a a mustard seed. He wasn't saying to stay with a mustard seed. He was saying it looks like a seed. And when you put pressure on that faith, what's the pressure? When I don't see it with my eyes, but I hear it in your word. I know you want this to happen, God, more than I want. You know what happens? This church, there was a moment where we didn't have enough money in our bank account to rent this nightclub. We first started, we had $1,000 left. This club, back then it cost $6,000. Now it costs $3,000 every single Sunday. I didn't have $6,000. And I was crying over it. I was depressed over it. I was thinking, God, I'm going to have to shut this thing down. Until I remembered, this is not my dream. This is your dream. This is not my idea. You want this to succeed more than I... So I looked at God and I got attitude with God. And I said, hey God, I don't know if you forgot. This ain't my church. This is your church. So how are you going to do it? I'll wait for you. Because I know you're good for it. Now you won't believe this. You think this is just a preacher story. But my wife can attest that same week we got a $60,000 check in the mail from a person who says please don't tell anybody I gave this he's good for the destiny he has for you God wants your dream that is his dream to succeed more than you that vision that you have from a little kid that wasn't the devil when you were glorifying God with your gift that was God who put that in you don't let man rob that from you don't let people pull that down don't let people say oh you're about to get out I'm pulling you back down No, you look at him and you say, no, my Jesus called me to be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. 
It's important to understand that every manufacturer, do we have that part, the manufacturer part? Every manufacturer, every manufacturer, when, when they design something, they impress their logo on it. This, this Apple, Apple iPad right here, thank you, uh, whoever bought this for me, I, I needed another one. Don't we always need another one, huh? <laughs> no, we don't. It's not really mine. I'm just kidding. Uh, just to offend some people in the room. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> when they made this, when they designed it, the final thing they do when they, they deem it, it finished, is they put it, their logo on it. The Apple logo. And, and whenever you see this Apple logo, you know what? You know it ain't no crap. This is going to work out. You know this is expensive. You know this is going to help your life. You know it might change some things. For you. Even if you don't like Apple, you will receive one of these. Why? Because it's valuable. And why is it valuable? If, if I was selling some of these from, from another country and they had a pear logo on it, would you buy it? Same price? No. Why? Because it's not assured that it will be valuable. It's not assured that it has... That, 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 that it will have a destiny. It's not assured it will do what it says it will do. Why do you take this over that? Because of the, the imprint on it. It's, it's how they let you know we back this. It's got our guarantee. We have tested this. We have tried this. We have planned this. Before it ever hit the market, it was tested, tried, planned, purposed. It had a destiny. And we tried that. De we had a vision for it before you ever saw it. And my God says, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. I knit you together. I had a purpose for you. I had a plan for you. I tested it in the work. Look, you were tested in the warehouses of heaven. God had you in his workshop. Testing. Can they handle a storm? Can they handle some pressure? Come on, we need to add a little bit more to handle that pressure that's coming from auntie. We need to put a little more to, to handle that pressure that's coming from a dad who doesn't know who he is. We need, we, need to, we, need to, we need to structure this thing. It needs to handle some drops. It needs to handle some spills. You know, as the iPad gets better, they make it so it's kind of waterproof. And then a little more waterproof. Now you can take it under two feet waterproof. One day you're going to be scuba diving with this thing. Because they keep trying to make it so it can withstand the environments that we want to take it in. God planned the environments you would be in. And he puts his logo on you. He puts his seal on you. If you have the seal of Jesus on you, you've been made new in Christ Jesus. You are not refurbished. You are a whole new thing. You're a whole new creation in Christ Jesus. You are not used. You were bought with a price. But remember, we never look at this, but it's in there. It's a little booklet. With the instructions. A little booklet sent from the manufacturer. We call it the manual. And it says in this manual, if you read far enough, do not use without first reading. But how many of us actually did that? We don't do that with our products. And we don't do that with our God. Because we think we know. Because there's a faster way to getting what I want. But if you really want to know all it can do, if you really want to discover the hidden things that the Creator put in there, if you really want to push it to its, 
to its bounds. If you really want to do what others can't do with the same thing, the difference won't be your mind. It will be getting the mind of the creator over the creation. When you start opening up the... See, when you really run into trouble, nowadays we just Google it. (laughs) YouTube it. But God says if you get back with the manual, the word manual literally means mind of the creator. When you open your manual and you everything that you need in life is found in that book. Did you know that's not a book of rules? It's the manual for your life. It's the creator's mind on the creation. It's how to best live this life. It's how it works the best. It's to push it. Don't just get the 10% out of life. Get the 100% baby. You can be royalty. And here we are believing everybody else's mind on us. Let me tell you how it works. Let me tell you what it can't do. Let me tell you what it, what it can only do. Let me tell you what kind of piece of junk this thing is. And we start living out our life based on their manual over us instead of his manual over us. Look, I'm not here to tell you something that you don't know. I'm here to remind you of what you already know. That you are created in Christ Jesus anew. That he pre-planned you. You are royalty. He has... They made sure that everything that this needed was inside this nicely little packaged box. They put the manual in there. Before operating this product, read me completely. (laughs) Inside this manual, there are promises and there are laws. There are promises. If you use this, you will receive this. It will update your calendar. It will notify you when people call. It will be a way you can email, a way you can text. And then inside the same thing on the promises, if there are promises, there also have to be laws. Because if there aren't laws, you'll blame the manufacturer when the promises aren't kept. It says things in this little book, things like this. Do not get too close to heat or it will malfunction. Do not put this too far underwater. If you call the company and say, my iPad is broken. And the first thing they'll say is, did you get it next to heat? Did you put it too? They'll check that little tab on the inside. You know, you, that's happened. You, you get the little tab turned pink and then now they, they discredited the warranty. Why? Because you did not listen to the law. So you cannot uphold the promise. These are the laws of God. They're not there to be mean. They're there to hold the promise that God gave you. We are the only creation in all this world that goes, ah, I don't like the laws. I just want the promises. You will never see a fish get out of the water and be like, screw the water. (laughs) So mean, God, you trying to make me live in water. You trying to take away all my fun. The fish is smarter than us. It knows that outside of the law, it doesn't get the promise. Outside of the law, it dies. You offended yet? Because I'm killing these fish. Some of you are more offended that I took the fish out of the water than you are living outside of the laws of God for your life. If we care about the fish, 
have you so not cared about your life? You were called to success. And I'm failing out. No, no, you're just outside of his law. You need to get under his covering. It's not to hurt you or harm you. It's to empower you. God is not trying to take away your fun. He's trying to give you real fun. Power and life and joy. There's a promise, but there's a warranty that warrants when you live outside of the promise, you don't get the promise. We're broke, but we never give. We're burned out, but we never serve. The Bible says he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Look, there's laws of God. When we get in the laws of God, you will be successful. Let, let, me, let me just tell you this today. You have a warranty for your life. And the good thing about the warranty on anything, on the, this box, it says this. Please, first of all, don't send it to a user that is not verified. Don't go to a company to fix it that is not an Apple verified user. See, what we do is we keep trying to go to un, unauthorized people to fix our life. We, we try to go, I mean, I'll just go get some yoga. I'll just go get some Buddha. I'll just go get some Confucius. No, no, get some Jesus. Come on, not get some church. Come on, get some Jesus. He's an authorized dealer. He can work on the broken. When it breaks, send it to the right dealer. And they say this, if it's broken beyond fixing, we will send it to us. We'll pay for it. We'll pay to get it sent back. And if we can't fix it, we'll send you a new one. Now, let me ask you. Does Apple do that because they're being nice? Like, oh, we just really love Ariana. We're just going to waste millions of dollars to give her a new one because she didn't like that it was broken. You know why they do that? To protect their name. Why does God want success more than you want it for your life? Because he's going to protect his name. Because before you came, he put his seal on you. Before they spoke, before you made a choice, he printed that on you. And God is going to make sure you succeed. Not just because God's nice, because his name is on you. It's too late now. God is going to make sure I succeed. Kicking and screaming. Running the other way. He's going to keep showing up. Hey, I'm sorry. I, I wish I could let you go, but I put my name on you. And whatever I put my name on, I'm going to make sure we turn this thing around. If it's broken, we're going to fix it. If it's too broken, we're going to replace it. I am going to do this. Look, when you have a car and something goes bad on your car and they, they recall all the cars, tell me they're just really nice people. They're like, yeah, we just don't want anyone to crash. I mean, we're just really lovely. No, they're spending billions of dollars to do something that was messed up. Why are they doing that? Not for you. For their name. Because it's their name that will be on you too. You see, Jesus put his name on you. He printed his name on you. You have the seal of the king. You are royalty. You cannot feel... Look, I'm telling you this. You ought to call God on who he is. You ought to start putting pressure on God. Look, you, look you, can, you, can put, you can put a seed in the middle of this floor and watch it sit there for the next 50 years and be mad at the author of the seed because it never grew but the seed is subject to laws that grow it if your life is not a success it's because there's disobedience to a law so if 
Obedience is success. Disobedience is failure. If you're failing, all you got to do is change your mind. All you got to do is make a choice right here, right now. God, I repent of every time I thought my way, my, look, let me, let me say this. Let me say this. You pull up to the gas station. You got your brand new car. It's a really cool car. And what does it say on the little gas thing on your car? Unleaded. Some people say diesel. Some people say put electricity, whatever it is, right? Unleaded fuel only. Some cars now tell you what grade to use will be the best. So you get out of the gas station. You, 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 it said unleaded. It's what it said. Does the car right there explain why unleaded? No. I mean, well, I don't have time for that. Just put, tell me what to do. Unleaded. Get out. I go to the gas tank. I smell the gas. I'm like, I don't like gas. doesn't smell good. So I go into the store, and I, and I find a bottle of orange juice. I really like orange juice. I buy it. I take it out to my car, and I pour it in the tank. And I take off. Assuming that what I just put in my car, because it was what I wanted... The car will just now work. This is what we do with God all the time. We try to manipulate his laws to work for us because he didn't tell us why. So if he didn't tell us why, we could just do whatever we want. No, he goes, no, if you put gas in the car, it will work. See, see what happens? Our life ends up a mess and we start blaming the man. What a crap manufacturer. What kind of, what kind of people are making these toilets? And God's going, hello, you can't put orange juice in the gas tank. You can't put orange juice. You got to put gas in. But you didn't tell me why. Were you being mean? No, I was just saving you time. You didn't have the capacity to understand yet. Just trust just trust just believe just but I'll tell you why we don't trust it's the same way they break elephants when an elephant is young you see those people in other countries riding those elephants taking those selfies and go man this is awesome well don't ever do it you'll never do it again after you hear this because how they get you to ride a wild beast is they take it from a baby before it has lost its power before it has lost its passion before it said I'm just going to be a failure they take it as a small little elephant when they could still kind of control it and they bind it hand and foot and they do something called crushing they take four fences and they start out wide they tie its legs together and as the elephant pulls it pulls the fences closer and closer and tighter and tighter until it can't move and when it can't move anymore, the, the elephant trainer gets on top of the elephant cage and he starts stabbing it with a hook. And while he's stabbing the elephant with a hook, he talks to it in a calm voice. And he trains it that as long as you remain wild, you will be hurt. As long as you have passion, you will fail. And when it's too small to break out, See, what you don't understand is that's why it happened when you were five. That's why it happened before. You were filled with passion, pursuing success for your life, pursuing what God could, what could I do with my life? But somewhere along the line, you gave up. Because the crushing and the prodding, and they talked to you in a nice voice, but it wasn't the voice 
who called you. It wasn't the voice who designed you. And somewhere along the line, it broke who you were called to be. And when an elephant grows old, that was the first picture they put up. Put that picture up. The first one. They can keep a giant elephant bound with a small twine that it can break. This elephant could break that post right out of the thing without even trying, but its mind tells it you can never escape this. So stop trying. Maybe you're here today and you said that's a great message, but for me, but for me, I don't know if you know what kind of power is inside of you. Weren't designed to be held captive. You were designed to be wild. Look, I dare you to dream again. I dare you to believe again. I dare you to know that God didn't call you to fail. He called you to succeed, and in fact, His seal is on your life. You can't fail. You have the backup of heaven. Get your leg on just ah! you know how easy you can pull out of fear today you know how easy you can pull out of their rejection today oh don't give them that much power over you they're not that bad come on let them beat back down to where they really are they are not my jesus my jesus designed me he authored me he planned me he prepared me I... look at this but many of us aren't upset at other people. We're upset at ourselves. You see, many of us put ourselves in the elephant cage. Many of us drove our own hooks into our life. And we've been doing it ever since we were born. But I came to let you know that God had planned even for that. You see, when they all gathered and they thought of you, and God pre-planned you and pre some of them spoke up and said, but God, but God, there's a problem with them because you're going to give them free will. So they're going to make their own choices. They're going to mess this up. They're going to screw this up. What are we going to do then? Because we have this plan. They're going to they're pursue failure. They're going to do it to themselves. And God said, I, I got the plan. Here's what we're going to do. I need someone to die in their place. Jesus raised his hand. He said, I'll do it. See, many think Jesus died 2,000 years ago. No, he died. He was slain before the foundations of the, of the world. Jesus volunteered to take your place for your foolish and my foolish decisions. The moments we use the thing wrong is sin. When, when, we, when we go against the warranty, it's sin. When we did that, we disqualified ourselves from being used as God designed us to be used. In other words, we sunk ourselves too far and we were waterlogged. But Jesus said... I will let them be remade as I die I will let them live in my place and then they were able to write this verse they said many are the plans in a man's heart and our plans will always lead us into failure but God says this but it's the Lord's purposes that will prevail I don't know if you're getting that today but no matter how many times you planned it wrong you messed up you made a mistake you went the wrong way you missed your call you disqualified yourself God said it's okay I already planned for this my purpose will prevail your royalty your royalty you got royalty inside your veins you got royalty inside your veins God's 
purposes will prevail. God's going to take the ashes and make them beautiful. Anybody who's failed in this room, raise your hand. Come on, you say, man, I failed. If you failed a lot, raise both hands. The good thing is that God has planned even above all of that. And above all your failure, He's going to prevail. So you know that, what that makes? Every failure, it makes it college. Thank you for the schooling. And it wasn't free. It cost me. But because of it, I learned how to swim. Because of it, I learned how to fly. Because of it, I learned who I am. I encourage you today. If you're here today, I, I, I would walk out of this room different. I wouldn't walk out of this room with your head held low. I will walk out of this room with some courage in your lungs. Some courage in your heart. Because there's nothing that you could have done that would get God to see less inside of you because his brand is still on you. His imprint is still on you. He still has a purpose for your life. Thank you for listening. If you have something you need prayer for, we would love to pray for you. Visit fearlessla.com slash fearless TV to fill out a prayer request or to find more information about Fearless LA.